You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 170 with my guest today, Daniel Nastiko, who is an amazing classical guitarist, who's actually featured on my album with Roach and Waylon called The Mission. And the song he played on was called Chopin. So in today's podcast, we talk all about the differences between the classical guitar and the electric guitar. And Daniel gives us some great examples of the techniques used in the classical guitar. And we discuss the different techniques between the two different instruments. And thank you to my sponsors, Arnold Krakowka and Custom Guitar Picks. So let's go over to interview now with Daniel Nastiko. Thank you very much, Daniel, for being on the podcast once again. Yeah, it's my pleasure. My pleasure, Adam. Yeah. And thank you for being on the album, The, uh, yeah. the Mission. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. No, an honor, and I've really enjoyed listening to it. And as we were just talking about, you know, before we started recording, I uh, really enjoy the versatility, all the different styles, the different vocalists you have on there, the different instrumentalists you have on there. And I th- think your studio is a a testament to the sort of you know why there's so much versatility because uh, yeah. so many different instruments and uh, types of guitars there so whereas i'm i'm a bit more stuck on to one type of guitar here so yeah. although even with the classical guitar i do like to explore you know different types it's there's a bit of a rise in playing period gets like like uh, 19th century guitars and like the smaller yeah. like parlor guitars that kind of thing so oh, yeah, yeah. so um that's that's kind of uh, on the rise these days. So, so that's your main guitar, this one. Um, yeah, I'd say this is one of my main guitars. I've got. I tend to play guitars by local makers uh, made here in Melbourne, actually. Okay. So this is by um, a local maker, Roger Lee, and um, and then I have another one right here, made by Carrie Pettuccini, who's in Mornington. Oh wow! It's, it's this one here. Really beautiful okay. craftsmanship. He makes the rosettes. Hmm. Um, yeah, re- really beautiful instruments. So it's really nice to 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 work with the local makers. Yeah, yeah, for you, sure. Like, kind of have some dialogue with them and and let them know. They always want to know, you know, what get some feedback, and yep. and it's a really beautiful uh, relationship to work with um, guitar makers. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I mean, I just got my guitar today for the. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the picture. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. So is that like a custom made or something? Or? Yeah, so basically it's a yeah, custom made um, off of Eddie Van Halen Bumblebee, but I, mine's called the Tiger. Ah, yeah. A Richmond supporter in the yellow and black. Oh, it's you're fun. a Richmond supporter too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. It really suits you, I, I feel like. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome stuff. Add to your collection. Yeah. Now, yeah. now yeah. I've got a reason to do another album now as well. <laughs> yes. But no, definitely, hopefully this year, I'd love to do another one with you if, you, if you're up for it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We, we can, um, I've got lots of, there's lots of pieces by lots of composers, you know, yeah. where you could take a little excerpt. I mean, one of the most famous ones is the, the Nokia ringtone is actually, uh, 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 a piece by Francisco Tarrega, um, the Grand Valse. Tarrega was very influenced by Chopin, mm. and he he transcribed 
a lot of Chopin's music for the guitar. I've got a couple that I was going to show you, but let me see if I can find this grand boss because pretty much everyone would know it. So here it is. I'll play from the start and you'll hear the, okay. the Nokia ringtone come in. Yeah. <laughs> that became you know a very iconic ringtone just that little just those four bars right there Oops. there's lots of um great kind of iconic classical guitar um mm. motives out there I mean, adelita is really nice and You could do something epic with that, you know, like you know, tremolo or strumming <laughs> or whatever, shredding, you know, fast picking, that kind of thing. There's another Chopin um, piece that's very famous, probably one of his most famous ones. It's a nocturne. And in some ways, it has a similar feel to Cabatina. That's public domain, and that arrangement's public domain. Okay. Um, Targa did that arrangement, and it's um, really beautiful. Towards the end, there's this, there's this really cool um, kind of like little cadenza that he that he adds into it, where he he uses a lot of left hand effects, okay. uh, a lot of slurring, like. Oops. keeps the he keeps the left hand slurring while you pluck notes at the same time it's quite i've never seen anything quite like it and this, no. you know, this was done in the um probably in the late 1800s you know quite a quite a while ago yeah wow. guitarists have been exploring effects you know for 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 quite a for quite a while yeah, it looks it looks really tricky to to keep that sound going as well over the top. Yeah, to keep to get the coordination, it takes a little bit of um, practice to sort of get it. Yeah, to do that, and then to put your finger down, and, and you have to sort of count like the number of slurs you do. You know, try. So um, that yeah, maybe that could be one. I mean, there's uh, there's so many so many um, just yeah. Chopin alone. There's quite oh, a yeah. lot there's the funeral march too that's i mean it's a little bit bit of a more serious piece but um
chords up. So that could be a pretty cool epic introduction yeah, yeah. to a to a song as well. I think Chopin and Tariga. Tariga would be good too, because you know he, the the classical guitar owes so much to him. Mm. So it could be cool to to do a bit of a you know tribute tribute to Tariga as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he composed um, Recuerdos de la de la Alhambra. This one. Again, could be a, a really nice one to. Yeah, I love that one. That's that's yeah, really yeah. good. I never knew what was, who wrote yeah, it, but yeah, that's great. That's, that's probably his most famous, um, yeah, famous piece. And then, and then Lagrima and and the Grand Valse is probably very famous because of that little Nokia ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Another composer that's that could be worth checking out is Rigondi. Um, Rigondi was a child prodigy, so he's. When he was just a boy, I think, uh, I can't remember what age, maybe seven, something like that. His father, in a similar way to Mozart, his father toured him around Europe to play for, you know, important aristocrats and things like that. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was a phenomenal guitarist and his music is just, it's just crazy. But he wrote a piece called Introduction in Caprice. Okay. Um, very, he, you could, you could call him like the Paganini of the guitar. You know, he was, he was, must have been extraordinary. Uh, he wrote, so. That kind of thing. I haven't practiced that for a while, so it's a little, it's a little rough. And then he goes into passages like. Uh, just on and on, like if I show you the score. If you can see, like that's just one page of it's just like that's just one one of the I don't know how many pages. <laughs> so he was he was writing some crazy guitar music. This is I'll show you a picture of him here as a boy, just to give just really gives you a idea. Of, oh wow! Right? So can you imagine, you know, that well I was just playing there being played by. <laughs> So, crazy yeah so there was in this period of the in the 1800s there was this kind of rise of the virtuoso and yeah. uh yeah we did have some some guitar guitar virtuosos uh Rigondi uh Johann Kasper Mertz is another one Mertz was a really great composer yeah. um he transcribed a lot of Schubert's music I think he transcribed some of Chopin's music too for the guitar okay as well yeah have you ever played the electric guitar? I mean, like a uh, barely. Concert? Yeah, no, no, barely. Yeah, yeah. Most, yeah, I've spent most of my, you know, life um, yeah. playing playing classical guitar. I have yeah. picked up electric guitars every now and again, but I don't know what. I don't really know what to do. 
was <laughs> fun. <laughs> I used my fingernails, so um, yeah. that's already a little bit weird on the on the electric guitar, yeah. and just the whole sound, you know, the whole sound of it is is so different and everything. So yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and the fretboard is completely different, you know, much much slimmer, and the action's much lower, and yeah, yeah. And, and like uh, I spoke about on the podcast, you know, a couple of times, it's, you know, it really is you know, two different instruments. The um, the techniques involved in classical. I think one of the defining features of the classical guitar is what we do with our right hand, actually. Um, yeah. Maybe in some ways more than the left hand. Um, and this is another thing that. Uh, guitarists from the 1800s were really big on changing the tone color mm. because on the classical guitar you can drastically change the tone color when by plucking the strings at different points right we we say tasto which means fingerboard so playing at the fingerboard and then normal at about the the sound hole and then ponticello which means bridge in italian that's a much Right. So those are the kind of three extremes, but um, there's actually a method book that I found from the 1800s where it's a lady guitarist, which is, first of all, that's actually quite um, unusual for the, yeah. for the 1800s to see that. And and she she outlined five different plucking positions on the guitar, oh, really? not three. These are the five examples that she described, okay. A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. And then this is an example of music and she's indicating there's six bars of music here mm -hmm. and she's indicating a, a change of plucking position five times in six bars. Oh, wow. So you're li literally every bar you're changing tone color, yeah. which is, which is pretty extreme. So you're starting example E is right up here on the very, um, extreme of the plucking at the fretboard there yep. an example d is a little bit closer to the sound hole getting a little bit louder an example c is at about the rosette and then example b is quite close to the bridge and then exam back to example d very sweet and soft So it's a lot of color, it's almost like orchestrating music. Um, yeah, yeah. And I know that on the electric guitar, you probably do the same thing, but maybe with using pedals and effects. Yeah, yeah, that's right. More than, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And probably um, more than, hmm. I'd say it's only really the two, really, on the, the electric, more the open end and the palm muting. Oh, uh, yeah? yeah. But, Open and palm muting. I, I, I kind of understand palm muting, but I didn't know. Is that something you do? Like, can you play extensively while palm muting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the palm muting rather than. That. That type of thing. That's really cool. Wow. It's yeah. very, it's very articulate. Yeah. I can yeah. see. It's only really here. Or, or here. Using those five um, plucking regions can help quite a mm. bit with dynamics. So, like generally, when you play softer, yeah, yeah. you can do that here, and then when you play louder, closer to the bridge to get yeah. that more powerful sound. So, and and again, guitarists of the eighteen hundreds were 
um, actually talking about that. I've got some quotes. So this is Fernando Saw, who's who's uh, you know what a very um, well-respected classical composer. Yep. So when he desires a mellow and sustained sound, he touches it at one eighth part of its length from the bridge to make the sound result from a kind of friction and not from a pull. If on the contrary, I desire louder sound, I touch it nearer the bridge. So even Fernando Saw and Aguado were actually writing about this, that when they play softer, they play closer to the fretboard. When they played louder, they played closer to the bridge. Okay. Um, and then it got to the extreme where they actually talked about imitating orchestral instruments. So this is Fernando saw as well, talking about imitating the oboe on the guitar. And it's, it's partly how you play, but it's also partly how you arrange the notes, like how you orchestrate the actual notes you're playing. Yep. So because here we've got parallel thirds and these articulations, the slurs and the staccatos, the mixed articulation, the thirds, and then playing close to the bridge to get, get a nasally sound, like an oboe has a bit of a nasally sound. So you get. Right? It's a really, really cool effect. And then yeah. they went on, you know, talking about the flute, how you imitate a flute. Oh, yeah. I have examples of that. I, I spent a lot of time studying this. Yeah. How you imitate a trumpet. A trumpet's really interesting. You actually get a buzz. Uh, you, you intentionally buzz the sounds. Yeah. Um, so to get a, I think they described it as a sizzle, the string sizzles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is really cool. There's trumpet, <laughs> um, the horn, it's really interesting effects with the horn. The harp is really beautiful. Mm. If you play really tasto, really close to the fretboard, and then it, again, it does. It depends on how the how the notes are arranged. Arranged has an effect on that too. So, I'm trying to imitate a harp. Part of what I'm doing is not in using vibrato as well, because then. I yeah, yeah, can't yeah. do vibrato so yeah. um so that tone color plus the the way that the notes are arranged um can can imitate a uh, harp yeah so we're getting all of these different imitations drum drum is a really cool one you hit the there are different ways of getting drum effects but one is you can get some note you can get a chord and a drum sound sometimes it's called tambura like that kind of thing oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so orchestral um, effects is a really interesting one, and it um, a lot of the times they weren't notated, they weren't indicated in the score. So if you're playing a piece by Fernando Saw or Giuliani or Aguado, uh, sometimes you have to kind of decode it a little bit okay, um, yeah. and say, is, is he trying to? Is this composer trying to imitate? An orchestral instrument and if so how can i bring it out and it makes the music a lot more fun yeah yeah because all of these things with dynamics and imitations and tone colors and articulation all of those ways that we use to help express music they weren't a lot of the times they weren't indicated they weren't in the notation yeah so um 
It opens up um, a lot of possibilities for the for the guitar. That's what I meant by I think with classical guitar, the right hand is I think such a defining feature yeah. of the of of the style. It, how we change the color and the dynamics and and the kind of touch that we have that we use and that and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, though, I mean, with your left hand, though, you you do do have a lot of where chordal things where you got to get that big stretch as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I, I guess with with classical music, it's a bit different sometimes to to an electric guitar, because I, I guess if you're playing electric guitar, then you're probably playing in a group a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with a, a classical guitar, we tend to be very lonely. We we're always isolated even before, you know, social yeah. <laughs> uh, social distancing and uh, lockdown and things. We we're yeah. already pretty uh, isolated. So um so classical guitar music tends to be all parts into condensed into one instrument you've got your bass you've got your middle middle parts yeah. you know accompaniment and then you've got your melody all at one time and that's what that's why you get all these crazy mm. big chord shapes because you have to do so many different um parts you're playing so many parts at once yeah how about uh, romance that's got that's got a lot of those big tricks doesn't it Spanish romance, Spanish yeah, romance, that's yeah. got, that's got a, yeah, a melody on the top, and then this repeating arpeggio. <laughs> so, and that's why we get things like chord shapes like, and then the full bar comes in. The stretch because the melodies. <laughs> We, we need to play the chord still, but the melody's got rising up to the D sharp there. So yeah, that's that's one example, and it creates like a very full a full sound. Yeah, it's it does. Kind of our it's like one of our goals. I think maybe singing is always important. You know, when we're when we're playing music, we want this lyrical singing melody mm. to come out, and then I think also this like this kind of sustain or resonance is is really moving. Yeah. And it's really satisfying to play on the, like when you're playing something and you get, you're creating this really full, it's kind of like when you get on the piano and you put the sustain pedal down and it's like, yeah. it's really, it's just something satisfying about that. Um, on the guitar, it's very, it's a big challenge because you have to, you know, always, you, your technique has to be very precise. You have to be always threading the notes um, cleanly and you, you have to be holding the notes down for as long as you can. If you lift notes too early, you know, if you go like, you know, if you lift, yeah, if you lift the pressure off here and there, just the, the sustain yeah. just dies immediately. Yeah. So on that one there, Spanish Romance, when it goes to that key change to the E, to the major, yeah. I always, that's what happens to me on those chords. <laughs> oh, in the major, stay. yeah, because yeah. you get even, yeah, even bigger stretches. Yeah, yeah, the part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, yeah just, I mean, I when I was younger, I used to spend literally hours um, doing exercises like.
and that, that's <laughs> that's how you develop the the strength and the control to to do yeah. things like that because it, it goes really against the nature of our hand yeah, uh, yeah. to to move the finger so independently is is it really requires some training to do exactly. that no for sure yeah. the other thing is the, the electric is probably the the beans which you don't oh do. yeah yeah, yeah that's a that's yeah that's not something we do too much on the classical so yeah and i mean vibrato pretty much got on the same i'd say mm-hmm. yeah so it really i think like i was doing um some way gary moore today that um was it there we got like the half bends and full bends Vibrato, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. But without that vibrato, yeah, well, it still sounds okay, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's very much like imitating voice. You know, when you add the <laughs> yeah, exactly. vibrato and the bends and the slide. Sliding is another. I don't know. Do do you do a lot of sliding? Like. Actually, on this album, I had one song where I did the, um, how was it? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. Sliding and then the pitch bend at the top. That's really cool. Mm. Um, And the other thing was the the tapping. Mm. Did you do Uh, some of that in the classical? Uh, no, it's not something we do on the classical. I don't think it works so well on the classical guitar. There might be some modern compositions that use okay. that effect, but yeah, you know, those type of things. It's awesome! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but- well, that's really cool. It's, it's great to actually compare the two. Yeah. Two different instruments. Yeah. Which a lot of people think they're the same, but they're, they're not. They're totally completely, not. Completely <laughs> different. Yeah. They're just about different instruments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because what you show, yeah, with the left, I mean, the left hand, uh, I guess we use vibrato, we use slides. Yeah. Um, but when we, when we talk about, like, you, you could classify those as ornaments, you know, and, mm. and, the ornaments that we use on the classical guitar tend to be things like um, trills and mordants and things like that. We were going that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. which is a very different. It's a whole like tradition that's that's that seeps that's goes back to you know very early 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 music. Yeah, now, now that you said that, that's probably one thing that has come across to my electric playing that I do do a lot of um, in my soloing. Yeah, if I go. Oh. Yeah, I do a lot of that actually. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's actually yeah, there's a few songs on the album where I do that. I yeah. guess when you do it that way, you know that sort of thing is I, I, I do see that on electric guitar, but not when you're staying on one note, like 
on, on the classical guitar, there's actually, there are, there's a different way of doing a, tr a trill as well. You, it's called a cross string trill. You go like. Uh, playing two notes and then and then it's this right hand pattern mm. um ring index middle and you're just repeating that over and over so there's different yeah with 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 ornaments is sometimes there's different ways of playing them and yeah. again they're not always notated it'll just say trill in the yeah. music and it's like well what you know do i do that or do i do that or do i do that, or do, or do that. Like so many different ways yeah. to do it. So, and again, that gets me thinking as well. But another big thing with the uh, classical guitar is really getting that speed up with your fingers too. Like I, I remember studying um, is it Spanish study? You know that, that one, Astorius. Um, yeah. yeah, but once it goes into those triplets. That's where I bum out. <laughs> but, you know. yeah. Yeah. I just can't get that up to speed. Um, that's, yeah, definitely. Again, we we're talking about the right hand you know, earlier. Yeah, yeah. We are talking about color and dynamics. And I, th I think finger picking is another defining feature of the classical guitar that's quite very different to the electric. Mm. Um, and I actually compiled a whole book. I called it the 19th century arpeggio Bible. Ah. And I've found more since I published this, but yep. these are all different arpeggio patterns from different method books. Oh, wow. So you, there's 50, about well, 60 pages of arpeggios okay. um, by 10 different uh, authors. So you get things like. Uh, all these is different patterns. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting ones is. This one here, where it's this really simple two-part theme, melody in a bass. Um, and so on. And then you get, I think, 20, no, 32 variations, so that you're basically playing the same melody in bass, but with all these different then. keeps on developing and developing you get eventually you get things like the 16th this one's pretty <laughs> fun here that sort of thing it just keeps on developing you 25 26 27 Bass notes for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 32, oh, it's more than 32, 33, I think it's 36, 35, 36. The 36th one is really cool. Uh, uh, so, very intricate. Um, arpeggio patterns, really, really defining feature of the oh, yeah. guitar. And you can see, I mean, these guys were, guys and girls were um, devoting quite a lot of pages, you know, to yeah, yeah. arpeggio patterns. And then you see them in pieces of music, you know, just like Spanish romance, it's using it. Yeah. 
a repeating arpeggio, Asturias. Um, it's basically the pattern would just be. thumb index middle yeah repeating over and over again um okay. so it's original in e is it of asturias uh um originally i think it's in g minor originally oh, wow. on the piano okay. um, it was originally composed for the piano isaac albanith was a, a really great pianist yeah apparently he was a great improviser most of his pieces were a lot of his pieces were improvised oh, wow. and then notated he must have been you know phenomenal improviser yeah. <laughs> Um, that's that's uh, another skill that um, another side to classical guitarists that I'm trying to revive is mm. is um, to to I guess embrace creativity a little bit more. Yep. And this is another very different, probably very different aspect to. I think if you play the electric guitar, it's just assumed that you're going to write your own songs and yep. improvise yep. and jam and things. When you play the classical guitar, it's like all that stuff just. It's like, uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to yeah, play yeah. the notes, you know, learn the notes. And yeah. um, so I'm really trying to, to revive the idea of composing, arranging, improvising mm. um, on the classical guitar. And it's what guitarists used to do. If, if they weren't doing it, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be playing their music. Yeah, they right. wouldn't be playing Tarago and Chopin on the guitar and Mertz and, yeah. and all that. So it's a big mission of mine at the moment for the past couple of years. Mm. I started some composing workshops and now it's led to a, an online school and through the school, I think we've, we've created over a hundred new pieces oh, uh, really? last year. Yeah. Oh, wow. for, for, for the classical guitar. That's great. That's really good. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really, um, yeah, really keen on, really keen on that. So like, that's why I was just blown away when you said you, uh, started writing the album writing the music for the album in yeah. June mm. and, and then you released it's it's January now you know it's like <laughs> six months yeah. um, <laughs> to, to write the songs and record them that's a really quick but if you have I guess if you have the goal and you've got the creativity and you, you know you can you can yeah. do it and I've I've seen um similar like some people who have never composed before you give them a, a bit of a framework, a bit of a method to follow, and all of a sudden they're just churning out pieces. I have some people who've written forty pieces oh, since wow. they like a year in a year. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just incredible. It, it, yeah, people. I think we, by nature, I think we like to create. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it's it's it can get a little bit stale. The classical guitar, um, I, you know, when, when you're playing the same pieces, everyone else is playing. Um, no, there's there, there's lots of great pieces, but mm. at some point it's nice to also I think incorporate some some of your own you know arrangements maybe or or your yeah, own compositions. Sure. No, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, it's called the creative classical guitarist. Actually, it's just okay. to make it really obvious what it's what it's about. And um, yeah. yeah, we've just got a community of guitarists from around the world, mostly the UK, uh, Australia, and some from the USA. Mm. and um you know we have um this year we have six hours a week of of workshops where we're just talking about create creating studying music okay. um sometimes we'd look at improvising a little bit yeah that kind of thing so and that's another uh, improvisation i think it's very 
natural for you, right? It's just something yeah, yeah. you do just, it's just not even. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, usually if I do my gigs, you know, with a band, like yeah. I don't think I never really play a solo the same. It's just, it's all improvised. Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. it's a set solo, then I have to do that. But most of the times it's just improvised. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that's what Beethoven, Mozart, Bach, they were great. It's, it's documented that they were great improvisers. Isaac Albanath, who wrote Asturias, mm. was a great improviser. Um, but today in the classical world, there are, there are great improvisers out there, but it's, it's not a normal, it's a very unusual. So, yeah, yeah. so, um, this is where I think our two worlds can really benefit mm. or, or we, I guess the classical world can really benefit from what you do yeah. uh, on the electric guitar and take, just embrace that because when you look at these method books, there's hundreds of pages of well, showing you arpeggio studies yeah. scale studies chord progressions i've that what i've what i've discovered from from looking is like it, it's almost like a jazz guitar method book mm. you know the types of chord exercises you get in all different keys and all different types of chords and moving like moving chords up and down the fretboard that was done in the 1800s as well yeah, yeah. i've seen things where you've got you get like um you know that kind of thing you do, you do up, up the fretboard, like tonic dominant, tonic one five one sort of thing. Um, uh, that that was done in the in the eighteen hundreds. Mm. Yeah, no, it's great to see that. Like I said, the, the two different sides and really do it like a sort of practical sense rather than just talking about it. It's great. Yes, I think that that's that's the great thing, just to practice it um, on the instrument. It's a harmonic instrument, so yeah, we've got the ability to to play some really beautiful chord progressions and yeah and then that can that can be a bill is that something you do do you is that something you've done as part of your training like to like practicing formula scale formulas and yeah, yeah. chord yeah. progressions and things like that yeah 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 definitely i mean that's the thing i use for my teaching as well you know use the um yeah whatever you know if you get the the chords turn around and then get the arpeggios over the top there and then change it around there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And even with the scales, you know, doing different groupings and then just get someone to do the G. And then you take, swap it around, the other next person does it and just move it around the fretboard. Yeah. That's really cool. And it, I mean, what, when you start doing that, it's almost hard not to improvise or compose. Yeah. yeah. You've got those kinds of building blocks and you keep learning more and more. It's, that's what, that's kind of what they're for in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, learning the fretboard would be one thing, developing your technique, obviously, but I think primarily it's for creating music. Yeah, and that's yeah. the same with these arpeggio patterns that I was showing you earlier. I think, I don't think they're just intended to be technical exercises. I think they're meant to be like a toolkit yeah. for us to, to use, whether it's through arranging, improvising or composing. Yep, exactly. Um, All right, well, thanks very much, Dan. I really appreciate thank you. Thanks, Adam. And I'll, yep. yeah, I'll catch up with you real soon. Likewise. All right. All right. Thanks, Thank mate. you. Have a good Bye. night. Yep. See you.